Squaw Media Studios. This is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to another edition of Fireside Chats. I think it's Monday. Yes, it is Monday, unfortunately. We got a whole another week to get through, and the slave drivers over at GOA and MLN have been pushing me hard, but that is fine because we are doing God's work. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the 2 a rally going on online, actually. It's not going to be in D.C. this year due to COVID, but yeah, b- before we get into that, let me just go ahead and say Mantis X Elite. This is awesome, awesome, awesome. This will help you improve your shooting, no doubt. And when we hit uh, when we hit uh, a couple thousand subscribers, we're gonna give this puppy away. Thank you, Mantis Elite. You can also support uh, me at Patreon, Patreon.com/slash John Grump. All proceeds of that will go to DIP. A kid with DIPG, which is childhood brain cancer, which is my niece who's fighting childhood brain cancer. She needs some money, so we are raising funds through my Patreon. Also, Super Chats, $5 will get you one of the new patches that are coming out that are shipping in a couple days here. Uh, $25 will get you a signed book, which you can also buy at crumpy.com slash giants. Check out Black Swan Tactical for the crump. For the militia gear, or you can go to crumpy.com slash militia and get all my gear. Use actually that code is wrong. Use code crumpy for 10% off. Now that we got all that out of the way, I'm gonna bring you some people. The first person who we have here is someone who's been on the show before. Sorry, I'm kind of discombobulated. I've been trying to get a lot of stuff done in a short period of time today. And this is Yuda, the Pew Pew Jew himself. He's been on the show before. We also have Clint Macro. And we have Captain Tim Sergeant Peterson, who is going to be speaking at the Tui Rally, which is being held out online. Uh, Yuda's going to be speaking there, and Clint as well, as well as I. I'm going to be speaking at the rally as well. Um, so I welcome you guys aboard. Sorry I'm so discapobulated today. Uh, woke up this morning thinking that I was going to have a light day. Uh, Eric Pratt over at GOA kind of changed that, and Freddie over at Animal Land kind of changed that. So I've been getting crushed today with different things. Plus, a lot of stuff has been going on behind the scenes in the news. Um, we're going to have some big announcements about what I'm doing with the whole Facebook ban thing. If you guys aren't aware, Facebook uh, kicked me off for doing reporting in journalism, for reporting on uh, some information that I got that they were letting the French foreign press fact check things on Camilla Harris and say that they were wrong. And I set up a little thing where I posted uh, her amicus brief, which she filed in the Heller decision, just that, nothing else. And they marked that as fake news. So then I wrote an article and they got really pissed off and banned me for life. Facebook banned you for life. Yeah. For for reporting on letting them letting the French uh, 
you know, interfere with the elections, but oh well. So well, everybody knows China and Russia and a lot of other places are interfering with our elections. So, you know, why not let mm. the French do it too? <laughs> I don't know, man. But let's get into this. Uh, Yuda, how are you doing? You know, I'm hanging in there, trying trying to stay sane in this insane world. So just plugging away every day and trying to make this uh, this country a better place for my kids. How about you, Tim? How are you doing? Yeah, you know, I'm living the dream. I'm supposed to go fishing tomorrow, but as you guys probably know, there's a giant hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico, and that ain't going to happen because there's like 20-foot waves. Um, well, doesn't that make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more challenging? When I used to live on Dog Island, which is water access only, and I brought my kids to school every day on the boat and drop them off, but I got too busy fishing. Couldn't do that anymore. No but we had this, like, 18-foot Zodiac boat, and it was like, woohoo! and I'd go up there. And I, that was fun. Um, I don't have that boat anymore in my boat. I don't think it'd be safe. It wouldn't be safe in the other one, but it'd be fun. Try it. Yeah. And we have, we have Clint there who has – looks like – a couple million dollars worth of sound equipment there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say a couple million, but yeah, I'm I'm broadcasting from my studio. Yeah, th thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Let's jump right, jump into the topic at hand. There's going to be a two-way rally, and it's going to be online. With this whole COVID world that we're living in now, it seems like everything's online. Kids' schools are online. There's Seems like everything. People don't go to work anymore. They're all locked up in their houses. And the two-way rally is going to be online. Uh, and that's because the permit got pulled because in D.C. you're not allowed to have more than 50 people. And they were – and Rob basically said that his choices were limit the rally to 50 people or hold it online. And he chose to hold it online. Um, I want to go around the forum and see what you guys think about think about being it being held online instead of being held in person. I'm going to start with uh, the PPG himself. Well, you know, on one hand, obviously, in person is always a lot more fun because you you get to you know rub uh, shoulders with other people, you get to meet, interact with people. Versus doing a online speech, in my case, because the rally is on a Saturday, I'm pre-recording a speech because I'm an Orthodox Jew. So, um, you know, I, I won't be I won't be able to interact with anybody. So, you know, on one hand, being in person, getting I don't know how many they had last year, but you know, a couple thousand people out there sounds great. But on the other hand, doing it virtual um, really expands your reach significantly. So. I mean, it's a trade-off, but it really is what, you know, what's best for the two-way at this point. All right. Hey, uh, Tim, what do you think about it? So I was on Amanda Suppacool's show. I think it's how you say her name. I am the Target Radio, and this came up. And one of the interesting things they said was a big part of speaking is reading the room and getting the audience reaction and getting the feel of the room and, uh, you know, getting the why out. So it's going to be hard to do that, if you, especially if you don't have a lot of time speaking just in front of a, a dead camera. You know, some of us are on YouTube and we do that a little bit more. and You know, it might come a little more natural, but if you haven't done it, I would definitely suggest practicing 
in front of a dead camera with nothing behind you because it, it's kind of weird. Yeah, and I'm going to go right over to Clint. What do you think? Well, I think it was a, a valid option. I mean, at the beginning when they announced the first, uh, when they announced the date last year, uh, you know, when COVID first started hitting, we, you know, it was talked about quite often how the online thing might be something that would uh, happen, you know, because of who knows what was going on with the whole COVID nonsense. Uh, but here we are. And I think, you know, distance learning has shown to be quite uh, effective over the years, you know, in different educational situations, doing some type of distance learning, I think, is is shown to be of value. And yeah, I, I agree, you know, not having people there to to kind of bounce off of, you know, a lot of us that speak, you know, and we, we teach and we get up in front of groups of people, oftentimes, you know, we have that look at me gene, and we like to have have that interaction with the with the audience, and we're not going to have that. However, I do believe we have a great opportunity here to spread the message further than maybe we would just on the lawn outside of the Capitol. So, uh, you know, as it was said earlier, I think Yuda said there's uh, Yehuda said there was uh, you know positives and negatives. I think the positives outweigh the negatives in this case. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I'm still thinking about maybe giving the speech from the Capitol lawn. Um, I haven't decided yet because I live fairly close to the Capitol. So I might just drive down there and just, you know, pop out and do my little live stream speech from the Capitol lawn, but I haven't decided yet. Um, I don't think that'd be violating any type of rules or anything like that. So no, I know that, you know, camaraderie in my time in the military is hugely important in the two A rally last year. It was Huge, important, like you said, to, to just rub elbows with people and go to the bar afterwards and, and network. There's going to be people that are there. I'm going to be there if I'm of mine there. Um, I mean, obviously, we're not getting together at some organized deal or anything like that, but it's very informal. But uh, there's a special power, I believe, from giving it there instead of going to your state capital or some other you know location. Yeah, so you're giving it from the uh, capital grounds? 100%. All right, I might cool. be down there with you. <laughs> that's a good thing. That have, that have talked about that. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but, you know, it's not an official gathering and, you know, it's just friends getting together and having some beers. Yeah. That's one thing that I, I'm going to miss is the camaraderie. I met a lot of cool people last year. I met people from around the country that flew in and, I'm not going to get to meet them this year, which is a disappointment, but it, it, it's a new world, right? So we have to get over that. Could you guys give me any hints of what your speeches are going to be involving? Uh, QPG, have you written your speech yet? So I don't know how long the speeches are supposed to be, so I haven't written it yet. I just finished writing and recording my speech for the gun rights policy conference. So, um, yeah, I don't know anything about the speech for the 2A rally. Um, I got to bother uh, Rob about that. But, um, I mean, I'm definitely going to be talking. Well, one thing I will be talking about, obviously, is how the Second Amendment can benefit, you know, Jewish firearms owners, especially with all the anti-Semitism we're seeing in the country nowadays. Um, I'll also be talking about, you know, freedom of religion, the fact that I'm an Orthodox Jew, but I'm still able to participate in a two-way rally by doing it virtual and, and and being able to enjoy 
my religious freedoms because we have the Second Amendment. That's interesting. I got one more question, follow-up question for you. If yeah. it wasn't virtual, would you have uh, sent in a speech or would you just not have done one? Uh, I have been asked for the last two years by Rob to participate. And every year I uh, reluctantly say no because it's my Sabbath. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, Rob gives me a hard time because he's Rob and he likes to push people's buttons for fun. And he knows, he, he, I mean, you know, I love Rob. He, he's not doing it to be malicious in any way. He's just giving me a hard time. So uh, when, you know, I've been asked the last two years. So I, I same thing. I would have, uh, he asked me this year before they decided to make it virtual. And I said, no. And when he said, hey, we're going to do it virtual. I'm like, hey, I can do it as long as, you know, everyone knows that it's a pre-recorded speech. Um, I should be good to go. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. How about yeah. you? Tim? What is your speech going to consist of? Do you know or? Yeah, yeah. I've been, I'm from Minneapolis. I grew up in the same neighborhood where George Floyd was murdered. Um, I spent 33 years of my life in that neighborhood. And that hit me. And the day it happened, I called Rob. I said, put me on. Um, free Americans of all colors and creeds deserve to feel safe in every community. When shares this, the Second Amendment. And man, I can't. It's, it's, it's all about free Americans. Uh, I'll give you a little taste test. There's, you know, after the murder of George Floyd, black, white, and Native Americans uh, carrying AR-15s were protecting Muslim American-owned smoke shop in the neighborhood I grew up in. And uh, they said they were asked by the, the reporters who they were, and they said they were free Americans, and that they were also inspired by the LA riots roof cranes. Like, if that's not the most American damn thing you can get, like, it's beautiful. And I served the National Guard in Minnesota for 10 years, and some of my friends are at the highest levels of law enforcement at work. You know, the call came in. They heard some of the things on the call, and there's things that are going to come out that are, are going to be bad. And um, uh, there's things that, you know, people want to say it's, you know, all these, these rioters or you know, these Democrat-run cities are destroying their city. That's not what's happening. You know, there's there was planes and busloads of people, you know, white supremacists and Antifa coming into the city, um, staging bricks and mattresses with fuel. You know, for the first 48 hours, it was just people in the city. There was people, you know, stealing stuff from Target and stealing liquors and cigarettes and stuff. And when all these people came from outside of the city is when it turned into this big shit show. And, you know, I just... It, my mother was black too. I didn't tell you guys that. And, uh, you know, people with my one eighth African ancestry couldn't wear, marry my white wife five years before my birth. And these are all things that are in my speech. And I have a unique view of, of what this is. And I have a, uh, a very liberal, uh, Jewish speech coach from my time in Silicon Valley. That's donating his time to help me out with this. And, uh, <laughs> you know, being at that rally last year just inspired me to see all the different people in the two A community and how diverse, and how, even if you didn't agree with people, they would listen and engage you. And it was all about inspiring something better. And, and I'm just, I'm very excited. And I thank you for letting me be on here. And that I'm, I can't believe I'm on the first poster to be with all those other people. I don't know where, how that happened, but I got lucky. So you spent time in the Silicon Valley? I had a tech company for about a year and a half. I was out there raising money and uh, there's no souls. So I left. 
Yeah, um, I worked with a lot of Silicon Valley companies. Uh, I worked for Facebook, even though they banned me from their platform, but I used to work for them. I never worked for any of them. I, I've been there and rubbed shoulder. I don't know. It was a I worked for a lot of them, and uh, yeah, um, I'm not working for them anymore. So Maybe, maybe they banned you because you knew where the skeletons were buried. Right? Possibly. There, there's actually a show on Netflix. I know everyone hates Netflix right now, but before you cancel your Netflix subscription, it's called The Social Media Dilemma. And everyone should watch that because it is spot on. Everything that they claim, everything they insinuated in that documentary is true. When they're trying to figure out how how to keep people online and they figure out negative emotions keep people online longer. So Give them negative emotions. It's all 100% true. The part of the reason why I left that community is because they, like like Tim says, they don't have any souls. They have no moral compass. And I just couldn't take it anymore. So I left. So um, getting back to the 2A rally, instead of rallying against social media, Clint, can yes, you give a little taste of your speech or what you plan on covering? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that we're Americans. You know, we're hyphenated Americans or people don't even say, for instance, value the station of being a citizen. And I think a lot of times uh, I'll work with I've, I, I was in Los Angeles for many years working in the film and entertainment industry and the music industry. And uh, I've met a lot of people that came to this country and emigrated to this country. And those people that came here and had to work to become citizens got it and they understood the value of being a u.s citizen and they understood the value of of legally emigrating to this country and i think that a lot of people don't see the value in that so they don't exercise their rights chiefly their second amendment right and one of the things that we've seen over the last couple months here obviously with this whole covid stuff is there are people now who were frankly anti-gun six months ago that have now seen the value in that Second Amendment and seen that, oh, wait, this is something that I should exercise. So I kind of want to, I don't know, try to bring people around to the thought that we are all Americans, no matter our race, creed, color, background. The hyphens are really meant to divide us. And we all just need to stand up and, and wave that flag and, and exercise our rights and empower others to do the same. Yeah, exactly. Hold on for one second. Someone donated money. Every time someone donates money, it plays with the stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Justin M. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I have a couple friends that are from uh, different countries. My wife. <laughs> and uh, they really appreciate America. Uh, my wife is an Italian. Uh, she's still an Italian citizen. And uh yeah, her whole family that came over, they really appreciate America. One of my really good friends, uh, his name is Timmy Tope, and he's from Nigeria. Uh, and uh, he's all about America. And some people out there might know that uh, Hank Strange, for example, he's a close friend of mine, and he's from uh, the Caribbean. Uh, and he will tell you that it gives you a different perspective on the freedom of the United States. He said, you know, we have problems here, but he would rather be here than anywhere else in the world. What's interesting I, is 
like when you travel with the military, you know, you go overseas, you come back. When you're gone for a couple of weeks and you go on vacation, you get a sense of what it is. But when you live somewhere for a year and it's a third world country and you come back, like, like most Americans don't ever experience that. And if they do, they go to like Cancun for two weeks. And I think it's one thing a lot of other, you know, especially Scandinavian countries have and, and Middle Eastern and even the Russians, they travel a lot, way more internationally than Americans do. And I think that would solve a lot of these, you know, not appreciating, but we got problems. Yeah, I, I think uh, that one of the issues with Americans not traveling is because um, the United States is so huge. There's so much to see here that a lot of people um, stay here. I lived in the Philippines um, for a while, and that gives you a great perspective on the country. Living in a third world country, you know, you can you definitely when you come home, you're like, wow, I have it easy. Yeah, that house that wasn't that great is like a palace. Exactly. You know, I've traveled to Hong Kong and, you know, Korea, Japan, Thailand, like all over. And, you know, you come back and you just you understand how good we got it. And you, and you want to love it even more. Hell, move from I, Pittsburgh, move from Pittsburgh to Van Nuys, California and back. And you'll see that. <laughs> and Clint, you just... You just took that from me. I was about to say I never lived in a third world country, but I did. I did live in Los Angeles for thirty years. <laughs> okay, Clint, are you, you're in Pittsburgh. Yes, sir. All right. Um, there goes Clint. I'm a Washington Capitol fan, so he has to be gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Capitol, yeah, I don't pay too much attention to sports. Sorry. All right. All right. Then, then you. Then you can say <laughs> grandfather in. Yeah, then, then you can say as long as you don't pay too much attention to sports. <laughs> if you ask my uh, my three year old, what is Pittsburgh like? He'll, and he'll tell you it's worse than Somalia. <laughs> okay, let's has get into. Has he been to Somalia? No, but I, that's what I I did it and said that it's worse than Somalia. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, you one of my close friends is like this huge uh, Pens fan. Mm -hmm. So, and he's from Pittsburgh and he always talked about how great Pittsburgh is and how he wants to go back um, and how the capital suck and everything else. So I got my three-year-old to tell him that it's worse than Somalia there. You learn in school about George Washington and Mario Lemieux. Those are the two things you learn about like first off in grade school. I was a oh, North Carolina yeah. in the 90s. You guys kicked our butt. So I'm not a Pittsburgh guy. North Stars? Minnesota North Stars, man. What are that? Choking. <laughs> they made the playoffs. Yeah. You got us. Dude, North Stars had an awesome jersey. Um, I love the North Stars jersey. I'm going to bring it back. Yeah, a while now. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's get into you guys a little bit. Okay, I will start with Clint. Clint, tell the people out there what you do. What do I do? I, I, I tell you what, I don't know how to say no. <laughs> I'm, I'm working uh, for myself. I have my own training company called the Trigger Pressers Union, but I've been involved with a whole lot of other uh, nonprofits and, and different types of organizations that uh, service uh, the public in regards to the Second Amendment. I'm president of Allegheny County Sportsman's League. I'm second vice president of Firearms Owners Against Crime, which is 
Pennsylvania's preeminent Second Amendment organization. Also the co-administrator uh, co of National Train a Teacher Day. And I have my own little show on YouTube called Meet the Pressers with my partner, Matthew Mallory. And uh, that is kind of what I'm doing right now. I, I have this studio here that, and I spent the first half of my adult life all the way up into my, uh, my early 40s uh, as a recording engineer. And I still do that from time to time. However, I've dedicated more of my time, effort, and energy to Second Amendment pursuits and, and educating and empowering my fellow citizens uh, to you know, be their own family first responder. So that's kind of what I've been up to uh, now. And I'm very, very pleased to have been asked to come and speak at this rally. Uh, I know Rob was kind of poking around at me last year with the rally, but I gave my son my hunter safety course on the day the rally happened last year. So I wasn't able to make it down to Washington. So uh, glad to be glad to be part, be part of it now. Yeah. Uh, last year at the rally, I was out in Vegas, like right before the rally, flew in the night before the rally, did a special live stream for Rob. With every with a bunch of different people for the rally, then went down to the rally. Uh, then right after that, I flew out to another location to cover another story, and my wife told me never to do that again. I was like <laughs> back like a day, and and the day I was back, I was doing other stuff for ammo and covering the rally <laughs> before I left again. So, yeah. So how'd you get into recording? Oh, I, that's actually I got into music as a child my mother and stepfather had a little country band in the small town in north central pennsylvania where i grew up and we were the only band around so we played everybody's wedding everybody's birthday party everybody's everything but my stepfather i wouldn't say we had a studio at our house but he had some recording equipment he was like a recording enthusiast so i just grew up playing with the microphones and recording things on tape and i'd record the crickets outside and i'd record the toilet flushing and i'd record music or whatever and uh, when I turned 18, I came to Pittsburgh and there were some commercial studios there at the time. And I said, hey, you know, teach me to do this for free. I'll just be your lackey. I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And then shortly after, I went out to Los Angeles and I spent a number of years in L.A. working in the studios there. Uh, produced a lot of records, done a lot of uh, a lot of audio posts on a lot of different films. So if you go to at Halloween, if you decide to patronize a place like Walmart and you go to see all those really bad horror movies, I probably did the sound on those. <laughs> very interesting. Uh, very interesting. My dad uh, knew a, uh, a a country singer uh, named or guitarist, maybe named Rory Clark. Hmm? Was like really good friends with my dad. Cool. Some famous guy. I don't know who he is. Roy Clark <laughs> was like the Eddie Van Halen of banjo. Oh, okay, uh, I don't know anything about that type of music at all. Yeah. How about you, Tim? What? Uh, how? Like, what was the question again? Like, so, I like, was so what Clint was saying. I kind of lost track of that. Oh, okay. No, I, I was asking, uh, like, what is your connection with the firearms world? Basically, what do you do for the firearms world? Why were you asked to speak at the rally? I make long walks, videos of long walks on the beach usually. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, I I was a weapons troop in the Air Force. I'm aircraft armament specialist. I'm a lifelong hunter. And, uh, you know, mainly the reason I've been asked to speak uh, is because of my connection with Minneapolis and having a black mother and seeing, you know, my, my speech 
has been written probably for over a month and, and Rob's heard it and it, it's, it, it, it's hard to explain. I mean, it, it calls people out in a way on civil rights without being like, like this, but it uses this whole free Americans thing. And, you know, with, with my, the service that I've done to the country and I do a lot of disabled veterans fishing and hunting trips and, uh, you know, Brownell sponsors me and, you know, they, we, they help us take more guys out, uh, you know, to the range and different things, you know, it just, it's more emotion and, uh, talking about the constitution and, and my experience as a whole, than it is, uh, more like for you guys where it's more, you know, you know, you're really into the high tactical areas of the firearms industry. If you, if you kind of see what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Um, Clint, Chris, you make the thank you for your contributions to the two a community. Flying Rich says that Tim loads the whole nine yards. If you don't know what that is, that's a reference to it, air, aircraft, actually. You said nine yards of bullets or something like that. I don't know. Something like that. So, uh, follow up question for you, Tim. Yep. When you say that the uh, Second Amendment applies to all Americans, do you feel that sometimes people don't want to want it to apply to all Americans? Uh, or do you think that it's just a perception that some people don't? I know in the two way community, um, it's pretty much open. Um, right, I hundred percent agree. The two way community is very like when I went to the rally last year and I paid my way to go, and um, my wife was like, well, "Why do you want to go? It's going to be all these like super Republican guys." Malcolm X's Black Panthers open carry as part of the uniform was the reason why California and the federal government and J. Edgar Hoover started passing a lot of modern gun control laws. And without their advocacy, like like gun rights are civil rights and all gun laws are racist. Like if you look at almost all of the places that have the really, really strict gun control laws, they've used them in California and New York to do these stop and frisk things and, and look at people that that look like, you know, I guess it's personal experience. In Minneapolis growing up, I, I played basketball. We'd be on the basketball court and uh you know, guys would be taken on by the police and questioned and thrown up against cars and just for meeting a description. Like, if these guys, like, as growing up in Minneapolis, being pulled over by police officers with young black men in the car with me, I've felt their fear. I've seen the fear they have on themselves. Like free Americans of all colors and creeds deserve to feel safe in their community. And we have free Americans um, that are scared to have cell phones in their hands at traffic stops today. Like that's not right. I'm using these stories uh, to help inspire people that believe in liberty to show how race has taken away people's liberty for so long in our country. Um, like for instance, five years before I was born, I couldn't marry my white wife. Like people want to say like race isn't a thing. Well, race is a thing. And with what I'm talking about, it kind of lays it out for you logistically 
ties it into Minneapolis. It goes back into history uh, with the first Minnesota Infantry Division. They were outnumbered five to one and lost 82% of their men and are credited with saving the Union at Gettysburg. Like, I recruited for that same state militia. I, I protested injustice with my mother on the same streets where George Floyd was murdered. Like, it all comes full circle. And it's, it's just when you see that in the neighborhood you grew up in, for, for 25 years, you see your classmates treated that way and you're a kid and, and you can't do anything about it because you're 10 or 12 years old and you've got these big cops and they tell me and the other white kid to go on and do their own thing. Like you're powerless. Like no longer am I powerless. I haven't been powerless for a while, but I, I've seen things and the least I can do is tell people story the best way I know how. And with the help of my speech coach, Nathan, uh, uh, gold, um, the demo coach, he told me, he said, Tim, you have a chance to make this. I have the dream speech. And if I'm lucky, I'll get half halfway to that point. Cause I, I really, I really feel like I can move some people. And, you know, I, I grew up in the inner city. I've got my two A friends. Um, like they're both misunderstood and, and I want them to understand where that is. And if I can do that, I feel like I can at least get people to on both sides to, to listen a little bit better. That's my goal. We'll see if I can pull it off. Um, Tim, have you ever worked with uh, Maj Torre? He does a lot of stuff in the inner cities. I haven't. No, I, he was at the 2A rally and I kind of saw him in passing, but you know, there was press and all this other stuff, you know, Katie Durant uh, or Katie, the real NOC on Instagram. He, Kevin Dixon. Yeah, Kevin Dixon. There you go. Um, him and I and Eric and uh, Argo J and what's the other guy? Simon. Uh, Tony. Big Tony. Big Tony. Tony yeah. Simon. Yeah. Simon Tony. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Tony Simon has been on my show more than anyone else. Um, yeah. yeah. Every time I do have... with him, it ends up being like three hours long. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> we, we all had breakfast the day after the rally because we were staying at the same hotel. Um, so is Jura, Jura, is that how you say your name? Jara Hutchins. Say again? Jara Hutchins. Yeah. Yeah, we were all staying at the same hotel, and we had breakfast. And, man, it was like a four-hour breakfast. like, And it was just like <clears throat> back and forth and back and forth. And there were some people that didn't see some of the things, and it was just super – like intellectually stimulating to be at that table and man, like I would have, if I would just had that, that experience of the trip, it would have been worth it without anything. Like, and that's why I really think this little like camaraderie thing and us getting together is so very important. Like I got the, a lot to learn from you guys, man. Like hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. The, those guys are, are, are real, are real cool people. I've had them all on my podcast before. So I, I'm very familiar with all of them. They're all great people. Okay, Yuda, tell us about you and why you are and why you were chosen to speak. I think I was chosen to speak because they needed some eye candy at this event. But um, <laughs> you, you are sexy, man. I will say that. Um, no, I was chosen to speak. <laughs> You guys don't know about his 
second uh his second Instagram that his OnlyFans actually. <laughs> you don't know what OnlyFans is, uh look it up. Um, no, I, I think I was asked to speak because I'm coming also from a very unique place. I am an Orthodox Jew, probably the only Orthodox Jew in the Second Amendment community. And what I mean by that, you know, you go to Shacho, you might see other Orthodox Jews, but they more, they're more into the retail aspect of the firearms business. Um, but I'm there in the advocacy side. Um, I know, Tim, you and I kind of just met right before the show, but John and Clint know, like I write children's books and I'm one of the only people writing children's books on firearm safety, firearms education, history of the second amendment. So, you know, I'm coming from a very unique perspective as an Orthodox Jew, someone who's fighting for the second amendment while educating, not just Americans, but Jewish Americans on their second amendment rights. So, um, you know, that's kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know why that keeps popping up. I apologize, my email. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's what it is. Because you're popular. Uh, yeah, just popular, good-looking, and you know, everyone, everyone wants to be my friend. Yeah, I heard you're going to be on the cover of uh, Playgirl magazine. Is that correct? Um, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, okay. uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> you had to go along with your OnlyFans. But let, 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 let's just say it's possible there will be a Stars and Stripes bikini bottom underwear, whatever you want to call it. Okay, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> hey, you, you brought it up, John. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I, I kind of regret, regretted it like shortly after I brought it up. <laughs> All right, Clint. Uh, question: What do you yeah. plan getting out of the two way rally besides camaraderie? I know everyone said camaraderie, so you cannot use camaraderie. I'm looking at you, Tim. What do you plan on getting out of the two way oh, rally? I thought you said Clint earlier. Okay, no, I so, did, but I know I know you're going to say camaraderie, so that's why uh, I said no one can say camaraderie, especially you, Tim. So, Clint, what do you what do you plan on getting out of the two way rally? Well, I, I hope to get more people to exercise their rights and more people to advocate other people exercising their rights. I think this is a great platform for us to spread our messages, our individual messages, but our collective message. We all are here because we believe in the Second Amendment and we all exercise our Second Amendment. We want others to do the same. You know, with this studio behind me, I've spent my entire life exercising my First Amendment. And about 10 years ago is when I kind of started switching over to being more of an advocate for the Second Amendment. And these rights are, a, you know, it's a, it's a package deal that we have with the government. You know, the, the, the founding fathers uh, put forth the Constitution and then the people at the time said, now, wait a minute, we need to get some guarantees here. And that's where that Bill of Rights came about. And so many people are brainwashed by the media to think that, oh, you can't exercise your rights or, oh, you shouldn't exercise your rights. And I say, that's horseshit. You all should exercise your rights. And if you decide not to, that's cool. That's a personal choice, but you should understand how to exercise your rights because you know, a year from now, you may choose to do so. And we're seeing people doing that right now. So uh, with their second amendment rights, where, as I said before, you know, pre-COVID, they didn't. So 
I hope that we can we can spread that thought and we can help to help to empower our fellow citizens to do that very same thing. All right. Thank you, the poor conservative, for the donation. My niece appreciates it. All right, that's another one of my little drops there. Make make it fun for the people. Um, Tim, people in the audience are saying that you are you are moving them, and you're passionate about what you're speaking about. So just well, you know. I'll tell you this: I have I appreciate that feedback. I don't take what I'm doing lightly. Um, my man, like uh, this has been very, a very dark six weeks for me. Like I went to Minneapolis and filmed my trailer thing for this at the George Floyd Memorial, six, eight blocks from my high school where I rode my bike as a kid. Um, and it was, it pissed me off. Like, like you can't des- describe the way that makes you feel. Knowing that this whole thing happened in this country, in the world, happened. Like, I, I coached football at that high school. I owned a business for years, seven seven years, a mile from there. Like, like I mean, these are my people. Like, they're struggling. I served as a National Guard recruiter for all those high schools for for three years. Like, I recruited people into that militia. The guys that responded to that thing, I recruited them. Like, (laughs) I I don't know, man. It's, I I appreciate that. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I'm I'm just trying to make my mom proud because I know she would want me to do this. I feel like I have... A chance to do something. Hopefully, I can deliver. That's all. I, that's all I hope. Yeah, I would ask you what you plan on getting out of it, but I think you pretty much summed it up there um, by getting your message out and getting people to open their eyes. And I think that comes across loud and clear to me, at least. And I hope it does to everyone out there. Well, the six minutes that I'm on the stage, people are going to feel. They're going to. It's going to be heavy. Good and bad. It's not all negative. Don't think that I'm going to be up there. You know, that's not what this is about. Like this is about like there's too many people in this country, you know, trying to divide us. Like this is about us coming together and celebrating us being free Americans, and and that's it. It's, it's that simple. Like the first, like like Clint said, like the Second Amendment backs up the first. And there's so many people in our community that piss me off. They're posting all these memes about driving over protesters and shooting protesters and all this crap. Like they need to stop it. Like, like as, as law enforcement and military officers, we, we swear in order to support and defend the constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Like the first amendment is freedom of speech. Like, like, it just blows my mind that there's people in the military. I, I follow all these different like veteran groups on Facebook and I post stuff and I've been testing my message on there and I've been testing it on super liberal. I went to Minneapolis when I was there a couple weeks ago. Like there's all these super liberal people at this like place. And I went and I did this speech in front of them. I had a couple of drinks in me. I ain't gonna lie, but I did this speech in front of them and they were like, F yeah. I've done it in front of black people. I've done it with 
everybody is like, F yeah. And, and I just hope I can do it without messing up. All right. Uh, question for you. Uh, do you see a difference between the protesters and the people that are rioting and like burning places, burning things, like burning buildings, whatnot? Yeah. So here's a great thing. Like, I know people that were on the phone and, the, you know, the authorities asked them, how do you tell a rioter and a protester apart? Right. And it was so simple. My buddy was like, Tim, I can't tell you who he is. Super high up. He said, if they're running out there and saying, F this, F that, burn, that's a rioter. If they're saying we want X, Y, and Z to change, that's a protester. All right. Uh, one more question for you before I move on. Do you think the protesters' message have been co-opted by people with their own agenda outside? Oh, dude, don't even get me started. Like, oh, man. You know, <laughs> I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of veterans. I do a lot of donated veterans trips with disabled veterans groups. And some of them are super far on the right. Some of them aren't. And you know, I've been like, look, guys, like everybody in the gun community knows the NRA doesn't give a shit about anybody except for like having perks. And I mean, they, they were really good, but they have, they're not what their core values aren't what they should be anymore. Probably. Right. Wounded warrior project. Same thing. That's why I do stuff with the guys like hero hunt. That's why I do stuff with guys. I donate tens of thousands of dollars stuff to these guys because these organizations, all their money goes into the people, right? Gun Owners of America is a, is a group that I think a lot of you guys would probably agree that they do a lot of good stuff for us too. Like, well, I, I, they're kind of my bosses, so I got to. Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a state director for GOA. Okay, there you go. Exactly. So on top of that, you've got organizations like Black Lives Matter. They're doing the same shit that the NRA is doing and that Wounded Warrior Project is doing. They marketed it very well and they're printing money and they're just, they're, they care about the money. They don't care about, they don't care about the why anymore. I gotcha. So, you know, what do you, what do you hope you get out of the 2A rally? Camaraderie. Um, I, hey, man, that, that's not funny, man. Oh, come on, someone had to say it. Uh, no, what do I hope to get out of it? You know, there's kind of twofold for me. Um, one, I do obviously want to inspire not just other people to not be afraid of their 2A, uh, you know, their 2A views, um, but to get out there. And uh, especially I want to inspire Jews to get more involved in defending the Second Amendment, right? Um which leads me kind of to the second part that I want to show, uh, get out of, is that unfortunately Jews have a have, have a pretty bad reputation of being anti-gun and in, in America. And in a lot of cases, that is very true, especially when you have some of the biggest gun grabbers in, in government across the country being Jews. Uh, now, they might just be Mike. What? A guy named Mike, maybe? Mike, yeah, Mike Bloomberg, Diane Feinstein. I mean, uh, you know, Blumenthal, Rahm Emanuel. I mean, all these people. Now, whether they're just Jews in name only is up for debate. But you know, I want I want people to take away from this two A rally after they hear me speak, saying, "Wow, who knew? Maybe not all Jews are anti gun. 
let's start, you know, for a very long time we've been seeing and, and, and you know, we've been seeing like Maj and KD and Argo and those guys and, you know, Aaron Paulette from Pink Pistols and all of them, the transgender. We've been seeing everyone bringing them into the fold, but we don't see anyone really bringing Jews into the fold of the Second Amendment. And I want people to recognize, like, wow, not all Jews are anti-gun. And that's something that I would like to inspire people to see when I speak. Yeah. Hey, do you know a guy named Clovertack? I do know him very well. I've been on the show countless times. Okay, because he's saying that you look weird. <laughs> I didn't know about I'm not the Jews yet. I'm with older thing, but he just looks weird. Oh, Clover. Uh, yeah, I've been on this show a good t- a good many times, and um, look, I might look weird, but he's a little two a gun toting leprechaun. So how about that, Clover? Yeah, if you said no, I was just gonna move on a really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Flying Rich says the Shabbat uh, near him is big 2A. Uh, He's done it for you. Oh, the Chabad. Yeah, um, so, so, you know, again, Jews, there are a lot of Jews around the country that are very pro-guns and pro-2A. My focus is I want to get them involved. There's a difference between being a gun owner and not doing anything to get involved with the 2A, just being a gun owner rather versus actually getting involved, actually going out and defending the 2A rather than just being a gun owner. Now, how do you get them involved, though? Besides, uh, do you just go drag them by the bootstraps, or do you go... No, I think a lot of people don't know how to get involved, and hopefully this, uh, yes. you know, this rally will help educate them on that. I think one of the best things people can do, if you're a gun owner, you need to vet the candidates that you're going to vote for and make sure that they will uphold your right to your Second Amendment, You know, uphold your ability to defend yourselves and those that you love. And a lot of gun owners don't vote with that in mind. And as Tim said before, the Second Amendment backs all the other ones up. And if we lose that, we, you know, we're, we're very, very uh, likely to lose the other ones. So I think right there, if anyone watching the show wants to get involved, start by voting for pro-gun candidates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the founders of this country knew that you can't trust the government. Like free, Amer- like, free Americans of Japanese descent were placed in internment camps in World War II and fought for Korea's freedom a few years later. Like free Americans of the first nations have had their land stolen with treaties that continue to be dishonored today. Like that's the one thing they knew. They knew that we could have all these stuff on pen and paper, but unless you're going to back it up, it don't mean nothing. Like, so yeah, I agree more. I say that the second, it's something I always say. I always say the second amendment is the only amendment that cannot be taken away. It can only be given away. And I think it's kind of crazy the amount of people that are willing to trade a uh, trade freedom for a false sense of of security, you know? Well, the problem is like 50, 100 years ago, people hunted their food and, you know, took their food and processed it. People go to the grocery store and think meat comes in a cellophane package. Like, it's ridiculous. Like. You know, 150 years ago, women would shoot a bear outside, dress it before their, their husband got home. Like, and people people that live in cities 
that don't have people like us in their lives, they never have any, they just, they're just scared of them. Like, and that's, it's great to see guys like, you know, Maj Tori and, and those guys do the things that they do because like you have to lead by example and inspire, you know, it, it's like, like the, the army special forces, you know, they, it's kind of like, you gotta shake hands and kiss babies and, and get people and do the things that Clint's doing like that uh, firearm safety stuff. Like that's a pretty rare thing to have somebody do firearm safety. It seems like these days, uh, hunter safety. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what, one of the advantages, and you guys can disagree with me or agree with me, um, advantages of having it online. And a lot, of, I see a lot of people talking in the chat about uh, new gun owners. I think it's an advantage to have it online for new gun owners mm -hmm. because they can see a lot of speeches. Because people who are actually going to go to the rally itself, I think, are more likely to be. Um, like the hardcore two-way guys that's actually going to make a trip to D.C. to see the rally. That's a great point because the, those folks are probably already on board. The people uh -huh. that we're going to recruit and get in are going to be those folks that think, hmm, let's see if I tune in today and take a look at this rally thing. And they do it from the comfort of their own home. And that's the opportunity we have to really take and multiply our force as far as those pro-gun people that will you know, go to the polls on in, in November. Right. You know, because that person that just bought that gun and is just thinking, wow, this Second Amendment maybe is for me is probably not going to jump in an airplane and go to Washington, D.C. for the rally. But they might tune in and they might hear Yehuda's uh, uh, speech, might hear Tim's speech, might hear my speech, might hear your speech. And that will bring them over to the side of liberty. And maybe they'll tell someone else to check it out. Right. So I, I think we really have a great opportunity with the with the virtual aspect of this. I know we were all disappointed when that was the decision that was made, but upon further reflection, I think we really should should take advantage of the opportunities that we have with this virtual rally. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that. Go ahead. You got to go to war with the soldiers you got. I mean, that's that's just how it is. The mission, like we weren't drafted, we we all asked for this mission. We got to do whatever we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, uh, Shannon Watts of Moms Demand Action, during the rally, tweeted it out that it looked like a white supremacist rally in front of the Capitol. Uh, and I think by having it online, it, that was definitely a false narrative if you saw the lineup of speakers. Right. But I think about having it online, I think that it's going to be harder for them to sell that narrative. Because, you know, she's going to say that, then somebody's going to go, oh, well, let me click on it and take a look. Wow, they, those guys don't look like white supremacists, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they probably just take the the picture of, you know, the, the, the crowd that supports that narrative. I mean, that's the, what media does these days. They don't yeah. print any real news. It's just sizzle reels and how can we make everybody angry and pissed off, right? Like, it's a shame. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Chris Shimmy wants to know the platform that the rally will be broadcasted on. I think it's going to be broadcasted on multiple platforms. Uh, he's worried about it being censored, so I don't. I don't think that's going to be an issue. But I think it's going to be pretty well broadcasted. We media. I don't think that's even a possibility. We got all kind of ways to get it up. We got to. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't, I don't see that being being an issue. But hey, you never know. Um, weirder things have happened, um, like me being banned for Facebook for asking a question about French media. Sorry, I'm still a little bit salty about that. Yeah, corporate censorship is definitely a thing. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I follow when I worked at Facebook. <laughs> so I know. Uh, um, but by the way, uh, Huda, um. The poor conservative says he appreciates you. I appreciate him or her very much as well. No, I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman behind there, but I does it really matter? It doesn't really matter. It, it, does it? it doesn't. Doesn't <laughs> matter at all. I appreciate the poor conservative. Okay, so we talked about what you guys want to get out of it, and we kind of touched on what we hope other people will get get out of it. Um, here is a question for you. Do you think that this should be a yearly national event, or do you think it should be a yearly national event where, and also state-level events, state-level 2A rallies? I live in Virginia, so we have a 2A rally like every other weekend, it seems, now. <laughs> <laughs> because of our governor. <laughs> but... Actually, I'm speaking at a 2A rally like the weekend before, and then I'm speaking there. But do you think uh, it should be brought down to the to the local level as well? I or think with that franchise, well, that's what happens eventually. And you guys are leading the way in Virginia. It'd be nice to see, I think. I think there, there's so much nuance between state to state and what their struggles are. I think the, the local stuff should be left to the local organizations. I think one of the big reasons this came about last year was to bring a broad swath of people from all across the country of varying backgrounds and uh, varying viewpoints that all agreed upon the Second Amendment being uh, the, the chief right that we exercise. So, I mean, just like you, I'm going to be at the uh, Pennsylvania rally on the 20th. 29th, I believe, 29th of September. And, you know, we have different, we have different battles in Pennsylvania than you do in Virginia. And I would say the same with every state. Uh, so a lot of those state rallies are a little more, we'll call it surgical as far as, you know, what the message needs to be done. And then what the after is after the, after the rally, meaning like targeted uh, groups of people walking around talking to different legislators, that kind of thing. So I think uh, this should I believe the organizers' idea of this was it for it to be a national thing, and I think that's where we can have our true strength and, and efficacy with it. You got an opinion on that? I mean, I agree with Clint. Um, at the same time, I feel if it is going to be a you know state-by-state -state rally, it's something that we have to be very careful about. And, and the reason is, you know, we see a lot of, people in on our side of the aisle posting all this stuff and and sometimes you know we look at it we're like all right dude we get the point let's move on with it get on with your life take it to the next level or or you know just move on i feel like it, you know it could backfire and and i know this might be an unpopular opinion i'm not saying not to do them but i feel like it could maybe backfire it's like Oh, there's another rally this weekend. Oh, there's another rally this weekend. And people will just be like, all right, this is just getting too absurd. You know? Oh, um, in Virginia, man, it's just, we do rallies like every weekend and like there's tons of people at every rally. It's crazy. 
Well, I'm not talking about in terms of it, it getting too absurd in the state itself, but nationally, okay. people might start thinking like, oh, God, not another one. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Meaning I gotcha. too, too, mu too much is not necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying not to have the rallies. I personally don't mind them. I'm just afraid that there's going to be, based on what we see in social media today, there's so much stuff out there where it's just like, oh, God, not another one of those things, not another post like that. Um, you know, it, it kind, kind, kind of like when, you know, we all started uh, jokingly posting the Hawaiian shirts of being the new, uh, the new Punisher skulls, right? And then it got to the point where people are just like, oh, God, not again. Like, way overdone. Let's just move on. So, I don't know. Maybe just playing devil's advocate here, but. I think the yeah. best use of time, effort, and energy for individuals on a smaller basis or a local basis is not to worry so much about a state, a state rally because the state organizations are doing those things anyhow. They need to have little mini rallies at their local sportsmen's clubs and at their social halls and wherever else to try to educate and empower just their local friends on yes. why the Second Amendment is so important. Absolutely. Make, make you know, after school meetings in someone's living yes. room with coffee and donuts or something like that. That uh, that I 100% agree with. That that I cannot agree with more. You know, and yeah. taking some of that just basic safety training and going into the inner cities and going into those. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we all can do. And right. I think has a better, I think we'll have a long term, a much better, uh, better outcome uh, for liberty, most certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Donuts and Glocks is what I like to call it. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, how can people find you? Uh, people can find me either on my website, thepewpewjew.com. Or they can find me on Instagram, Twitter at the Pew Pew Jew. And Clint, uh, you can find me on TriggerPressersUnion.com or on MeetThePressers.com. Either one of those, or you could check out uh, FOAC Firearms Owners Against Crime, which is FOAC-PAC.org. All right, and Captain Tim, you can go on Facebook. It's just Captain Peterson's, like the hat says there. Facebook at C A P T S G T Peterson. And then uh, YouTube is my biggest platform. Uh, Captain Peterson's more than just fishing. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It was a great conversation. I'm glad I got to talk to you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us. Really and that's it for me. Remember, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com com slash john crump everything goes to my niece also uh ghost tactical just showed up and he wants us to start over so let's go ahead and start over <laughs> just kidding you can watch the replay uh tomorrow i'm having you, you guys know a website called uncle sam's misguided children oh yeah heard of it yeah yeah i'm gonna have uh the, the owner of that site and we're gonna talk about the t-shirt business and everything else tomorrow and you should, be, you should be in good that? company. You should be in good company with him. Hasn't he been like kicked off Facebook a million times? Yeah, he's kicked off Facebook right now. Um, <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> yeah, he has the same lawyer I have for it. So, <laughs> not giving too much away there. Just a little hint out for everyone out there. <laughs> Maybe how I met him. <laughs> 
But yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I'll see everyone tomorrow. And with that, I am going to play our outro video.